This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 255. The whole thing with branding and messaging mm-hmm. is, is you're not trying to convince anybody of anything. You're actually finding the people that believe what you believe. You're fanning the flame that's already in existence in another person. And they're like, yeah, you know, I, I see that I can actually do that. I see that, you know, or I feel that this person gets me in such a way that it would be possible for me to do something that I've never done before. All of that is really what marketing is about. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello, welcome to the Star Coach Show. It is great to have you here, and we have another high-energy, high-impact show. This show is about marketing and how to look through a lens to make marketing fun. My guest is super fun, so I can't wait to introduce you to Ann Bennett. Before we get into this week's show, I just want to touch base with you and ask, how is your business going? And how are you doing at creating the impact that you want with your clients, with your coaching, with your business? If you haven't met me yet, my name is Meg Rentschler. I am the host of the show and am absolutely passionate about helping coaches bring their impact into the world. Because as our guest says today, coaches are who are making things happen in the world. We are listening so that people can tap into their greatness and being the partner that they need to move ahead. As my guest in last week's show said, And last week's guest was Rick Tamlin. And he and I talked about the fact that sometimes we need to be bold, really step into that space of what our clients need. In today's show, and I are going to talk about different archetypes for marketing. There's four types that Anne has zeroed in on. And I'm going to challenge you to think about what type am I and how can I use that type to be bold, perhaps in my marketing, to be able to have fun with my marketing so that clients can find me so that I can then have the impact that I want to have with my clients. Ann Bennett is the founder of Renegade Branding and has spoken across both the country and the world. She is a best-selling author. She's a coach. She's a brand profit builder. And she shared the stage with thought leaders like Les Brown, Jack Canfield, Sandra Yancey, and many more. She uses her marketing and branding genius to help women entrepreneurs and some good men build their standout personal brands and boost their profits. So today we're going to talk about how Anne works with her clients 
to do transformational work so that they can really liberate and ignite their unique genius. Something that we do with our clients, maybe not through that marketing lens, but or maybe some of you do work through that marketing lens, but to really create transformation that our clients need. And in this situation, Anne's going to be talking about that marketing transformation that maybe all of us need in our personal brand and in the way that we are stepping up to meet the market so that our ideal clients find us and want to work with us. Anne has 25 years experience in visual and graphic design and has brought her talents to many major magazines like Popular Mechanics all the way to Vogue where the devil really does wear Prada. So Anne's personal slogan and her cornerstone of all her programs, and you'll hear her say this, it's smart to fit in, but it's brilliant to stand out. You are going to do it. We laugh a lot. We explore so many things, and we really do make marketing fun. So let's go to my interview with Anne Bennett. Anne Bennett, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Your bright, shiny face is just such an uplifting thing for me today. I'm excited to spend time with you. Oh, thank you for having me, Meg. I'm very, very excited to be here today. And we're going to be talking about something that right out of the gate, people might say, oh, well, that's not possible. But it is possible. And what we're going to talk about <laughs> is how to make marketing fun. And we've got lots of paths that we're going to walk down with that. But before we even get there, what the heck led you to do the kind of work that you're doing now? Oh, my God. My entire life story in a nutshell. You know, I'm a kid from California, a little bit of a Gidget Beach Girl kind of person. I went to college in painting. I was an artist and I went to New York City to pursue my painting career. Much to my father's chagrin, who was a high school principal, and he was like, just stay home and be a teacher. Yeah. You know, go to local school, be a teacher. I'm like, Dad, I'm going to New York. I'm going to be famous. You know, I'm going, I'm getting to the art scene. It's in the 80s. And I'm like, this is it. I'm finally in front of the wave instead of trying to catch up. And that's how it kind of all happened. I went to New York and, you know, had this huge life, this big career. I ended up working in uh, magazine art direction and I sold my paintings in galleries in Soho. I lived in a loft in the East Village. I did all this. You were crazy. living the dream, man. Was, you were like, living the dream. Crazy stuff. It was so yummy and so crazy and wonderful. And of course, I was a, quite a bit younger. So having this adventurous life. Well, actually, I would say that is my number one thing, that life is a big adventure or nothing at all. So, you know, I like so many people and, and actually it's coming up. I was on the street in New York when people were gathering on the corner. So I was like, oh, what are these guys doing? Usually it's people looking up at large buildings, you know, the tourists. Right. But for some reason, I stopped to look up to the left with everyone else. And the, I saw the first plane crash into the World Trade Center. Oh, my Lord. Oh, man. You know, it was like your whole DNA rearranges. First of all, your brain is like, this is not happening. Right. Reality. I must be dreaming. It's like this, this, I don't know about anybody else, but I used to have a lot of nightmares when I was a kid. 
And uh, this was just like a nightmare. Right. And uh, my whole DNA rearranged. I was working at Vogue and I was like the it girl and it was all fashion and glamour and power. And I didn't care. All of a sudden it was like, what am I doing with myself, my life? Where am I really going? And it really caused me to turn inward and do a lot of inner work. You know, because my brand is renegade and I'm sassy, people don't know the spiritual side so much until they start to work with me. But I just started drilling down, working with like Marianne Williamson, Jerry and Esther Hicks, just whatever I could get my hands on to understand who I am and what is truly important to me. And so when I I left New York and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to recreate myself. I'm going to do something totally different. And of course, I thought I was going to be a life coach. (laughs) I laugh because I have I have over the years developed a sense of being able to listen, right. but I'm very much of an action-y kind of person. And so for me to listen to other people go on and on about their, you know, fighting for their smallness, I get really frustrated. And I'm like, just do this, just do this, and just do that, right? And let's get going. So you're really good at sort of telling, but maybe that listening part wears you out a little bit. Well, I've learned more and more about listening. I think- mm-hmm ironically, uh, we're going to be talking about marketing and how much fun it is and this and that. And a lot of that has to do with listening. Right. And understanding the desires of another person. When we think about you stepping into that place of working with clients around their marketing, you're bringing all this great experience that you've had, life experience and New York experience and California experience. And and so what is it that led to this clarity about the mindset around marketing? And because I think that's a big thing that you do with your, if we don't Mm -hmm. like the way we're thinking about marketing, let's think about it differently. Yeah, because if you don't like it, are you going to be good at it? Yeah, probably not so much. (laughs) You're going to go, who can I hire? And then that's a step away from what we're all looking for, which is a very deep connection to each other. So when you're like, oh, let me have somebody else write my stuff, or let me just make enough money to, or I'm not going to do that because I don't know how to do it, or I'm not good at it. You know, we forget, like I tell people all the time, like, do you remember when you learned to ride a bicycle and you were like, wobbling and swabbling and then the training wheels came off and you were still wobbling and your dad was maybe holding the seat the back of the seat to your bike and at one point at some point he lets go but you don't know it and you're pedaling and you're doing it right Right. and so my clients often think you know oh well I should know how to write something or I should know how to be on video or how come everybody else is so much better at it than I am and I'm like Seriously, people, if you go back and watch some of the people you admire, some of the people that you think are terrific uh, on video, one of the people that comes to mind is uh, Marie Forleo. If you I, was back, a, I was thinking her name as you were saying that. Yeah. If you go back and watch Marie in the way back time machine thing, like because she's been doing videos now for, I don't know, probably 10 real strong 10 years. And uh if you go back and watch her, she's like in her kitchen and her 
boyfriend is like making a smoothie and it explodes and kids are running around and it's a mess. Okay. (laughs) But we think she just popped out and she's this amazing fantastic and she's got this whole crew. And I remember she hired some crew actually. So I think, you know, we have this idea that we're comparing ourselves to our beginning to other people's middle or ending. Right. And that's always, as human being, uh, I know myself having a father as a high school principal, I spent a lot of time in the land of, you know, comparing myself to everybody else. And it's challenging in my mindset. So when I shoot my videos, I don't even watch them. I just make sure the sound was on. Right. Yeah. Make sure I'm not sending it out without any sound. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of little tweaks or whatever, but I don't watch myself because I'm so highly critical. And I know that. So it's like, if I start to look at what I'm doing and you know how people are like, oh, watch your videos and make corrections. I wouldn't ever get them. They would out. never go out ever, ever. So my And then whole- all those people who are getting value from them would never get value from them because they would be hidden. And right. And- They'd never see you. Yeah. And, and the whole point is not to be perfect. Actually, the whole point is to be real. And that's the whole key, actually, to marketing is the transference of enthusiasm from one person to another. Oh, so good. And when you can think about it that way, it takes this whole, I've got to sell some, I've got to sell something, they need to buy my stuff. Here's the bottom line. Nobody needs your stuff. <laughs> and so I just heard like, a collective deflate on the other end. So right. let's go a little further with that. Nobody really needs your stuff. They're fine without you. You know, they're living, they're successful, they're doing, you know, they're living a life without you. The thing is that people have, uh, they have aspirations, they have desires, they want to get somewhere, go somewhere, have something, live a particular way. And they're in this space of most of them, the ones that will end up working with you are people that are like, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. I'm selling this thing. And when I talk, people just kind of nice you to death. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's really nice for you. Or they just look blank. Like they don't get it. And you're all excited because you're all into it. You know, they're like, oh, okay, next. You know, they're just like looking at their phone. And it's because that we don't understand that people don't know what it is that you do. And then you talk about it, especially coaches in these very broad, big painterly terms, like you're going to live an empowered life. And it's like, like, well, what does that that look like? What is that? Exactly. It's kind of big. It's hard to wrap yourself around it. You know, when you can at least bring it to the level of, I love, I love this thing Marie always used to say, rich, happy, and hot, you know, and when you can bring it to rich, happy, and hot, then it starts to come to earth, mm-hmm. starts to come to, maybe it's, maybe it's that you actually want to uh, have a vacation with your family and be able to afford it and feel comfortable and confident and spend time with your kids. I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire. I've I've touched millions of people. It's like, really? (laughs) So instead of of being all out here and big and, and general, 
what what's the what's the advice you give clients who to to kind of make get away from people's eyes glazing over when you talk about what you do and actually make a connection? The thing really is to ask questions. We're back to like listening and asking questions. Basic coaching principles. I say again and again, you've already learned what you need to do in marketing because you do it in coaching. You do it every day and we've done it since we were little babies. So it's not really, we think of it as a the sales. It's this thing out marketing. It's this thing outside of us. We've been doing this since we were kids. So it's somewhat, so like, you know, children will sell. Like, uh, don't put me up against a five-year-old. Like, no way. They're always going to win because they have no, they just, they're just full out, right? <laughs> they have no sense of like, they're not, not going to look good. Right, right. Say or do something wrong or it's not perfect or whatever. But I think, you know, we have been doing these things since since we are on the planet, influencing people, manipulating them. Uh, And I mean that in the best of terms, you know, and and using marketing as a way to do that. So I always say to people, the best thing you can do when you're networking is just ask other people questions. And if you want to open it up with something simple, it could be like, tell me what you love about your life. What are you passionate about today? Mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to to enjoying today? They're going to tell you more than likely everything they hate. Because <laughs> that's what we do. When you say, what are you celebrating? They're like, and I say this to my clients all the time before we start working. What are you celebrating today about who you are, your business, what's going on? And they're just blank. And then a few minutes into the conversation, they're like, oh, yeah, I sold this. I met this person. We did that. Well, a ton of stuff to say. But because we don't do that on a daily basis. We're not getting a program to bring that information. Do that. We're programmed to say, you know, I stubbed my toe. The car, the dog bit somebody. And, you know. Yeah, we are wired naturally to, to a negative bias. We really are. So so your, your work with with clients, one of the things that you do is, um, I think in our pre-interview, you said, my archetypes give people a fun place to land. And I love that. So I thought, well, if that gives people a fun place to land, maybe we should explore those with the audience and give them a fun place to land. So what led you to, to creating this, this sort of framework? Well, you know, I've never followed the rules. I never have, and I never will. I didn't get that from you at all. <laughs> I, I, that blows my mind. I thought you were such a rule follower. So the thing is, you know, archetypes have been around for millennials, right? And most people use uh, Carl Jung has a whole set of them, 12 to 13. I always think people land on the number 12 because of the 12 disciples and 12 this and 12 that. So 12 days of Christmas, it's all 12 for it's a magic number, whatever. So um, some of you might know what those numbers actually are, but I just joke about it and, and play with it. But I think for me, I wanted to simplify this idea of branding and messaging. Like people are like branding, ew, that's like, like a tagline and that's colors and I have to pick fonts and photos, all this stuff I don't know anything about. So I'm like, great, let's start somewhere. And who are we the most interested in? 
ourselves. <laughs> Naturally, as we should be. Why, when you're in networking, you want to ask people about themselves because that's what they want to talk about. Yeah. And they fall in love with you. You don't have to say anything. Ask a couple of questions. They'll talk to you for 10 minutes and talk about themselves. And they'll go, wow, that was a really great conversation. I love meeting you. I feel very connected. And I always laugh. They don't know anything about me. And that's okay. It's all fine. Because you have to realize people, this is true for anything, networking, messaging, marketing. It's all about how you make somebody feel. It's about a feeling. We buy and we want to be around people based on how we feel. It's not um, an intellectual analyzation of all of your modalities and all the things that you know how to do that you might love to geek out about. Ultimately, we're just like, oh, I love to be around Meg. She makes me feel good. She gets me. She understands me. That's all that we ultimately that is that is the ultimate mm-hmm. that's what you want from people so when you're looking at your branding so when i made these cards i wanted to simplify how do we discover the essence of who we are and as you know meg our brains work like we're sifting things out we're filtering out all the time and we want to land on something really clear so i just instead of 12 i made 4 cuz to me i can remember 4 Four is a lovely number too. I mean, that just also not two, like, but I think four is a delightful number. So you landed on four and how did you figure out what goes into like, to me, shifting down to just four feels like a mighty task because I would be like, oh, oh, like that. there's so many other numbers. Yeah. Well, there's a lot, there's I mean, this stuff, I've simplified it, right, to make it something that anybody can do, which when you're a coach, you want to realize you're really smart. You've studied this stuff. You've worked on yourself. You've done all this stuff. But for somebody else, it's like they're completely lost. Right. Right. And so the more you can simplify something, I believe it was uh, Michelangelo that said, you know, it takes a genius to simplify any of us can make things really complicated. Right. And that mostly they are, but that doesn't make you feel like you can actually do it. Oh, I have to be a brain surgeon to be able to like do this thing. Right. Or I have to have studied growth and development for the last 25 years and, you know, ingested all these different kinds of liquids and drugs and things that we do now to expand our consciousness. I can't do it on my own. And that's really, really important that people understand that. So when I made the archetypes, I simplified them down to what I call the the four iconic personality styles. So the four iconic ones that I landed are the nurturer, the disruptor, the innovator, and the geek. And most people can find that an area which they're the strongest in. They might have a combination of those, but when Mm -hmm. you're branding and messaging, you want to lead with one thing so that people know you for that. They understand you for that. They get you. Mm -hmm. It's almost like when you can show up, say you're a nurturer. Let's just take a wild guess. Let's just say you're a nurturer. I'm pretty good at like just, you know, summing people up in a few minutes, but say you're a nurturer, people are, what they do is they connect with you that way. They feel like you're their BFF when they just met you. That's how I felt when I met you, Meg. Mm -hmm. I felt like, oh my gosh, woo! 
my BFF, this is awesome, right? So exciting. And we just really connected. And that's a very strong brand. You know, a brand, you want to think of a brand as like an impression. Okay. It's like when you think of Apple, you think of certain things. Right. You think of, you're not thinking about computers, really. You're thinking about, I love to open the box. If the packaging is unbelievable, the, the inside of the computer is as sleek and simple and pristine as the outside. There's a whole, I can be so creative in this open space. It's not like Microsoft is like folders. Right. You can go deep. Then it's a totally different thing that happens, right? Right. So same thing with your brand. So if you're a nurturer, it's like Oprah. I think of her as a classic right? Mm -hmm. She's like the big classic because we all know oh, Oprah, you know, she's warm, she's loving, she's spiritual, she's really generous. We feel like we've been to her house for breakfast, all of that. So she's a classic nurturer architect. Yeah. She's like the iconic, the pinnacle, because we all know who she is. You know, you could use other people like Byron Katie or Louise Hay. You could use other people, but But everybody knows Oprah. Everybody knows Oprah. Oprah. Everyone has a feeling about Oprah and all of it is warm and loving. I mean, she probably swears, but who knows? You know, we're never going to see that happen because it's not on brand. So that's nurturer. Disruptor is more like me. You know, they're bold, they're sassy. They got a point of view. They love to upset the status quo. They want to make a splash. They're kind of what I call the peacock of the group, you know, because they just enjoy tweaking the way people think, right? And that's why we're curious about them and we want to follow them because they're like, what are they going to be doing next? Yeah. What are they going to say? What are they going to do? You never know what's going to come out of their mouth. You know, they're like unpredictable. Like all that kind of stuff is exciting. Novelty is remembered, right? So that's really important in that category. Innovators are people that are super creative and full of possibilities. They're always coming up with these extraordinarily new ideas that you never, it's like they they enroll you in their values and to think differently than how you see something. They're more understated than the disruptor who's a little bit more like the rock star, like, look at me. You know, the innovator is a little more like Steve Jobs. They're like, They don't have to scream and yell and be all excited. They just start talking about, they they pull something out of their pocket. Hey, have you ever seen this before? There's like 1,200 songs on this little white box. And you're like, what? (laughs) No, let me see that. You know, so they're kind of like that. So we want to be a part of that because it's exciting. It's new. It's something that we didn't think about, like AI. I was just hearing this whole, there's a new book out about Amazon and Jeff Bezos and how he's created Alexa and this AI because he loves sci-fi. And, you know, it's the whole thing is so interesting, right? Right. And he just like put all this stuff together. So that's the innovator. And then uh, the geek, my favorite, because they're so practical. They're my friends, my colleagues that are all like, oh, I have a map for that. Oh, I have this formula. It's all, let me show you how I've broken down this complex idea into step by step by step. And this is the result you're going to have. We're like, we just love that. Right. It's like it makes us feel very calm and like, oh, okay. Secure and like, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, you've got me. Yeah. Yeah. 
because they're so, in a way, scientific about it, right? right? It's how we think of science. It's like, oh, well, it's been proven. This is a proven thing that happens. So I can trust that, right? So that's why I want to be with them. So those four types are the ones that, that most people lead with. Like so they might be a disruptor with, okay. with, with a minor in nurturing, Certainly, if you're a coach or you're a mother or you're a teacher, a parent, you've got nurturing going for you. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. You either lead with it, like when you walk through the door, people see nurturing, or you walk through the door like I do and people see disruptor, or you walk through the door and people are like, oh, they're a total geek. I love that about them. Mm -hmm. They'll talk to you about all the details of chemistry and you know, a lot of my clients that work in health and wellness just love to go into the granular detail of, you know, how the chemistry of your body works and what the cells are saying to each other. I'm just like, what's the outcome? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to feel good? I'm going to remember where my car keys are. Then I want that. So we've got the types and let's say listeners are like, oh, you know what? I'm guessing that I am in that geek type or I'm a nurturer or whatever, whatever is resonating with the listeners. But how do they then go from that into actually using it in a way that's fun, that allows them to engage with marketing, selling and get, you know, connecting with Mm -hmm. others because we want it to be fun. We want it to, we can't just become a coach and then people come. We've got to somehow create connection. You've got to so. create a connection and you've got to create, I mean, marketing terminology, a buzz. But what I see it as, you've got to create this connection with people. Mm-hmm. So if you're a geek and you want to create connection, you want to be a little quirky. I'm not saying, you know, all of this is is to be tweaked and to be per personalized. Iter- absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Iterations, iterations and iterations. Marketing works in iteration form. You do it. You're like, wow, that worked really well. I'm going to do it again. That didn't work so well. Let me change a word. I mean, it's not a big change. A lot of people right. think it's like, oh, well, video that I did some videos and that didn't work for me. I think I'll do something else. That's one of the big pitfalls. You want to start to see what you want to choose what marketing type of venue, like what technique or tactic, if you will, would be something that would be exciting for you, would be kind of fun. It's always going to be scary. Let's face it. Life Mm -hmm. is like that. (laughs) You got to, you know, first thing is you got to be uncomfortable and then you got to give up looking good. That's why kids are so great because they don't care how they look. We're all like, how do I look? Is this my best side? Oh, oh, my eyes, my glasses have shine on them. It's like, really, nobody cares. But the thing is, if you're a geek, you want to be a little geeky. You want to allow your geekiness to show. You don't want to overwhelm with fact because facts are not emotional. Mm -hmm. But you want to let yourself be like I have a client who actually teaches people how to make healthy food and enjoy it, right? Like her whole thing is like, people don't want to eat healthy food because they think it tastes bad. You know, oh, yeah, it tastes like cardboard. That's, that must be healthy. So she's breaking down this whole idea. And she's really geeky about it. Like she loves to like show the recipe and 
put it together for people and and really make it like something that they're going to want. And if you are a geek, you want to use that. So we love geeks. People think of it as a negative thing. I don't know why. It's like, Mm -hmm. do I love Ruth Bader Ginsburg? I love Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And she's a big old geek. You know what I mean? They're like Mm -hmm. certain people in their careers because they research everything and they know everything Mm -hmm. about the subject. So you want to drop that a little bit in your writing and in, you want to be a little quirky. Like you could even go, I'm, I love to geek out about this, this, and this. Just keep it tight because people right. can't, uh, they can't absorb a lot of information. You can give it to them piece by piece, later by later, but you don't want to flood people with that. So a great marketing tip right there, kind of less is more. Pick your message, get it to Anne's point, concise, clear, and simple, and not overwhelm. Because if I'm overwhelmed when I read an email, or a, it's like, ugh. if it's exhausting to read a piece of sales material, not gonna read it. I'm not going to read it. Not going to read it. So the thing that I teach my clients is really important is to keep it really short. So 15 words or less. You've said it in 15 words. That's it. It's really great. So you can use that for like introductions. You can use it for how you introduce yourself at a networking event. You know, just keep it really tight and really short. I teach my clients to do head whipping books because it just gets attention and then they can bring the value behind it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like people are like, oh, that's so fluff. That's just fluff. And it's like, okay, well, let's do it this way. Are you going to come in and be like the smartest person in the room so everybody doesn't understand and doesn't get what you do? Or are you going to be slightly provocative and entertaining and then show them how smart you are later? Right. <laughs> there is a balance, again, like anything. Like if you are a nurturer, it, you can't really come in and be sassy pants like I can. You know, I built this, I built my business, my brand my designs, what I teach people. So I could be comfortable in my own business. I used to wear, you know, Armani suits. I came out of New York. It was like, I am so cool. Let me just like, you know, be the coolest person in the room. Nobody remembered me. It was like almost a joke. The way I am now is everyone's like, oh my God, of course I remember you. You know, because there's a whole different connection and feeling. Mm-hmm. And than, more authentic to kind yeah, of. Then I am, you know, because people don't know I'm really introverted on the bell curve towards the introvert. Mm -hmm. So it takes something for me to, you know, I think of it as it's showtime. (laughs) I'm playing a game. If I could play Mm -hmm. a game with something like play a game with your marketing, play a game with networking, play a game with it. It's so much more fun and you'll relax and be yourself. So you talked a little bit about geek and you've talked a little bit about disruptor. Um, you started to, sh- so what might be one piece of one nugget for people out there who are listening, who are nurturers, what might be a way that they, they bring that a piece of that forward? The nurturer needs to always be open, warm, and available. The nurturer would be the person who walks in the room and people want to come and hug you. They just want to come and get next to you. So you want to wear things. Like if you notice what Oprah wears, open at the neck, warm and fuzzy kind of colors, Mm -hmm. soft, all of that. Or if you look at Louise Hay, her photographs on the flowy, 
you know, kind of spiritual, we would consider, you know, the yogic spiritual right, look, right, right. warm and beautiful, very open, everything really open. You're not going to come in dressed in your leathers, getting off your Harley because right. it's out of context for that brand. So you want to, when we work together, I really work with people on their personal stories and who they actually are, their values Mm-hmm. And what makes them, we call, I call it, of course, the wow factor, but what makes them interesting is these little things that they skip over because, you know, as little children, we're like totally in love with ourselves. You know, we laugh, we cry, we poop, we do all this stuff and everyone thinks it's so fantastic, right? Who's <laughs> better than us? And then, you know, we dim ourselves down as we get educated and start to watch the game like how do I fit in and I gotta be like all my other friends and I want to be a part of the group and all that we get smaller so this is a way of allowing yourself to really own your inner rebel I believe we're all rebellious in this because of just our personalities right. all the different personality styles are great so for nurturer you just want to make sure that you're using warm language. And I just want everybody to hear what you're saying here. Our brand can be the physical clothes that we wear, the wording in our in our communications, the way that we engage. I mean like the cuz you know you immediately went to like clothing which some people on, might be thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't even thought about that. I thought, you know, the way that I do my logo or the way that I do my color schemes or whatever, but it's like, it's how we're showing up, period. In that it's the brand. entire impression, right? You want the impression to be consistent over all platforms. So, you know, like I was saying earlier, I'm really spiritual and extremely nurturing, but that's not what I lead with. Right. And I could, but my essence of who I am that gets me really excited is not that aspect. It's a cool aspect. It's great. But I want to lead with this more, you know, disruptoring rebel kind of aspect because for me, it's more fun. I get and then my clients are like, well, I want to be a rebel or how come Anne could do that? I want to do that or whatever. Right. Or they're like, or they're like, well, I'm not really that rebellious personality style. And I'm like, yeah, no, because you're a nurturer or you're a geek or you're innovative. You have a different, you have a, it's like, it's a smorgasbord, right? Of personalities. Right. And then people are going to be attracted to particular personality style. People, we're all doing the same business. We're serving people. Right. Absolutely. It's always the same. So let's serve the innovator listeners as well, because we haven't really touched on how might an innovator bring their message forward. So an innovator is going to want to be talking about big ideas. They want to talk about world peace. Oh, what if we could clean up the entire planet? What would happen if the oceans, what could we do to actually create it so the oceans are self-cleaning or whatever. They have mm-hmm. big ideas. It's like Elon Musk. I mean, he is actually a really real disruptor, but he's also innovative. I think Steve Jobs is less of a disruptor type. Right. Where Elon is more of a rebel. He's like, ah, I'm gonna put my cars on Mars. Like, yeah, you know, everything's big and crazy, right? But like Steve Jobs is more like, okay, 
I love music. Well, wouldn't it be cool? So they're dreamy. They're very dreamy. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't it be cool if you could put a whole bunch of songs in a little box and carry it around? And everyone's like, what? We're, we're carrying around these sports. We got yeah. cassettes. <laughs> what are you talking about? Right? It's like this bigger, it's a futuristic. It's mm -hmm. like innovators are futuristic and they bring the future into present day. Oh, so good. Right? Mm -hmm. So they're really thinking like that. And so you want to use that to capture people's imagination. And you want to, when you talk... And in your languaging, it's like, what if we could solve that problem? Wouldn't it be cool if we could do this and this? Innovators are not always the people that implement it. They have the team. Right. They get the whole bunch of other experts together, right? Right. So it's kind of like Bill Gates. You know, I'm going to solve the problem of, of water in Africa, having fresh water. He has the vision of it. Right. And he enrolls everybody else to make it happen. So the innovator, maybe you don't have that big of a team or you're not that person, but you might be thinking of yourself as like, and actually right now we all should be thinking of innovation. How can we innovate, right? Because we just came, well, we're just in the middle of this big transitional time for humanity. So it's like, how can I bring, like just having a podcast, right? Or just doing this is very innovative. You might think, oh, well, everybody's doing this, but they're not. And so, you know, innovators are going to be kind of the people that do the first adopting. They're going to be the people that are like, wow, that's, that's cool. I, I think I'm going to get an electric car. So if you're that kind of person, you want to talk about it because other people will connect to that, that believe. So the whole thing with branding and messaging mm -hmm. is, is you're not trying to convince anybody of anything. Right. You're actually finding the people that believe what you believe. You're fanning the flame that's already in existence in another person. And they're like, yeah, you know, I, I see that I can actually do that. I see that, you know, or I feel that this person gets me in such a way that it would be possible for me to do something that I've never done before. All of that is really what marketing is about. And that's what makes marketing fun. So if you are actually giving yourself permission to be authentic and genuine and get clear about your type and, and put that out there, then you're going to be attracting the people that that speaks to versus trying to make yourself as a square peg fit in a round hole or whatever analogy yeah. you want to use or force fit. Like I need to reach everybody. No, you don't. Not everybody is going to resonate with your message and that's okay because there are a bazillion people and you couldn't serve all bazillion anyway. Not at once. <laughs> Not at once, yeah. Not yeah. at once. But it's like, you know, people think that whole thing about, oh, if I choose a group of people that I want to work with or a type of person, which I like even better, that means I won't work with those other people. And what really happens is you want to realize that the more you focus in, the more universal it becomes. That's why our personal stories are so powerful, because you tell a personal story and the person next to you is going, I have a dad. Oh, my dad's really critical. Or my dad was in education or my dad mm -hmm. was a boss or my dad was bossy, whatever. They're putting their own story on top of your story, right? So the more I could just say, well, I had a father, not quite as interesting as, you know, I had a uber critical, you know, 
perfectionist dad. <laughs> like how many people have that, right? right? Right. Something or someone to live up to. You know, I had competition in my family with my brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those stories become the universal story. When you start with a universal story, it's less powerful. So good. So we could go on and on um, because it's so much fun. And I want people to know how can they connect with you? How can they, and we're going to have links for Anne in the show notes, but anything in particular you want people to know how to connect with you? Well, I think the best thing right now is to go on to Facebook and go to Ann Bennett Marketing and just reach out, DM me. I love to answer questions. If you have any questions about the stuff we talked about today, or you're like, listen, I have a lot of clients that are like, I hate marketing. Okay. (laughs) And they're like, but you make it so much fun. Let's just do it this way. Or like I had a client recently and she was, she just got all creative about what it was she was doing and it became really fun. It's when it's a cookie cutter situation and you feel like you have to put yourself into something I like to call it, you know, you're putting lipstick on a pig, still a pig, just as pretty lips. Yeah, Yeah, it's pretty. But so, you know, reach out to me. I love to answer things. I do a lot of videos and coaching and stuff like that. I have a lot of free stuff on my website. So that's renegadebranding.com and just reach out. I love to meet new people. And, you know, when I started, I only wanted to work with coaches because I just feel like, You guys are the guys that make the biggest difference in other people's lives. So I was so pleased when you invited me on, Meg. I was so pleased that we could do this. And I appreciate you bringing all your disruption to the show today. (laughs) It's my pleasure completely. So I wonder what archetype came up for you as your match and how you can use that to help create your brand, your marketing, and have fun doing it. If you'd like to share, always feel free to email me at meg at a focus on If you'd like to know more about Ann Bennett and Renegade Branding, go to starcoachshow.com slash 255 and links to be able to connect with Anne will be there along with a summary of what we talked about today. I invite you back to our show next week. I'm going to be talking with Sam Palazzolo about Black Swan events, about the obstacles that rise up for us and how as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as coaches, even if you're coaching on the side, or maybe you're not a coach, but we all have those events that we bump into that can derail us. And we're going to talk about how to overcome and thrive in spite of those kinds of events. If you're enjoying the show and want to leave a rate and review wherever you listen, I would welcome that. If you hear an episode that you just know somebody that you know would love, please share that episode with them. I will continue to strive to get this show to as many coaches, as many leaders, as many people as it's helpful to as possible. And your help with that would be oh so appreciated. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success 
be kind to yourself, be good to others. We'll see you next week.